0: everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every single week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Woo! It's fucking season seven! Let's yeah. go! It is. I'm
1: excited! Season seven. Yeah,
0: I think, right? I think there's seven of these. Seven of these and a bunch of extra content on the side.
1: Yeah. God. We've covered more than...
0: More than sixty-one movies. Yeah, way more than sixty-one. I think we're up to like hundred and twenty or so, or something like that. Ridiculous. Something, something rid- ludicrous.
1: Ridiculous. How have you been, Ben? I've been okay.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, we haven't. We didn't take a break between seasons. No, we never do. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought I'd ask. I mean, fair enough. Maybe,
0: maybe something traumatic happened between the week. We you recorded. know what? Like,
1: did. Did happen that was traumatic. Oh, what happened? I had to work on a Saturday. Oh my god, me too, bro. Horrible. It cut into our recording. We're
0: recording on a Sunday today. I know. Miserable. Hate it. It's not that bad actually. I'm uh, actually. I'm be honest. I'm having a good time today.
1: That's good. Yeah. All things aside though, do you have any announcements?
0: I know I do. You mean things to talk about yeah. or like announcements? Because when we cut, well things to talk about. That I have a couple have happened. Things. I have a couple of things. I'm gonna go first. Okay. You might have some of my things on your list. I
1: know. That's why I'm going to go first, because I only have one thing to talk about. Okay. The film registry just announced their 2023 films that got added to like the oh, National Film that's Registry. That's
0: awesome. That, I didn't have that on here. That's sick.
1: Oh. wait, okay. There's like 25 different ones. Okay. You don't know all of them, so I'm just going to go over some of the ones you know.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, Lady in the Tramp. Okay. Got added. Home Alone.
0: Ah, that makes sense. This is Christmas time.
1: Terminator 2: Judgment Day. <laughs>
0: Terminator 2.
1: Apollo 13. I didn't watch that. Twelve Years a Slave. Oh, that would make sense. And the movie I'm the most excited about, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, it's fine. Greatest holiday movie ever. I don't know about that. Greatest holiday movie ever. For Have you seen Christmas. Leprechaun? Greatest holiday movie <laughs> ever. <laughs>
0: That's cool, yeah, no, that's that's really awesome. I'm glad they're adding more movies.
1: I mean, they do it every year.
0: I know, but, like, I guess I guess that we're getting to the point where those movies are, like, considered old or something. Like, well, yeah. So like, they're getting added to the national Like, The and the Tramp <laughs> came out in the 50s. Why did they just add that? That one seems weird compared to, like, Home Alone and Terminator I think, 2.
1: Cause it, probably because it's animated.
0: Oh, I guess that makes sense, yeah.
1: I mean, some animated films got added because they're, like, a big deal. But mm-hmm. You can go ahead with your stuff, though.
0: Okay. I, this is horror news. Well, okay. Most of it? it most it? of it's horror no- One of them is more celebrity news. That's what I thought. But I, I'll mention why it's horror news in a second. First one, they announced Saw 11. They're, keep, they're keeping going. It's coming out at some point. They announced they're working on it.
1: Is it Saw 11 or is it Saw XI?
0: It's Saw whatever the thing for 11 would be in Roman numerals. So I don't know. I don't know. Whatever that was. They, they announced it's coming out. So if you're a Saw fan and you like 10, get hype, I guess. Uh, the second thing, and this is relevant to the podcast because of one of our categories this season, right? Oh yeah. The Wolfman remake was announced for Halloween 2024, and Blumhouse is working on I it. I did see that. So that's pretty awesome and really cool because maybe we'll watch Wolfman this season because we have Universal Monsters.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm trying not to get too excited, though. I mean, I'm excited. Because, like, okay, the Invisible Man, that was good.
0: Yeah, I heard it was good. The you Mummy? was good. Not good, but but I heard that they basically scrapped everything they had for the Wolfman, and that's why it's got pushed back, because they're scrapping the whole Dark Universe thing. Yeah. So hopefully it's more of a return to form and more of like a classic Universal
1: Monster film. I mean, like I said the last time we talked about the the newest Invisible Man remake, it's not like a classic Universal Monster film, Mm -hmm. but it was a good movie. You know, I'm at least hoping for that out of this one. That's kind of what I'm hoping for, too, yeah. My hope, though, is that they'll be like, oh, we've remade these other ones. We're getting better at it. Let's remake The Mummy again. Again! (laughs) Because it has so much potential.
0: Yeah. Which, hopefully, we watch The Mummy this season. I don't know what Universal Monster movies you picked, and there are a bunch of them. I know what movies I picked. I know you did, Ben. And that, actually, I'm not to say that that's my most excited category. That's the category I have the most hope for.
1: Fair enough. I mean, it was kind of nice because we already wiped out um, The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of why I'm excited because I like that movie. It's fun. So I kind of have like a baseline going in. But with the other two categories this season, I really don't have any idea what I'm getting into. And that's also exciting. Okay, this is like the celebrity news. This one's just sad. Uh, Do you see that Andre Brower passed away? No. At 61. He was in Brooklyn Nine-Nine as Captain Holt. Uh, the horror thing he did was The Mist.
1: Yeah, he did.
0: Yeah, so he passed away. It's very sad. I think he's so funny. That's so fantastic. Sad. Yeah. That's why I said, like, it's not really horror news. He was in The Mist, of course, but it's like more celebrity news. But I thought I'd bring it up because he's just like, he was fantastic.
1: Fair enough. How old did you say he was?
0: 61. It really sucks that he died so young. Yeah. Because that guy is incredibly funny. Very, very well liked. Last thing. And I don't really know a ton about this. I just... The director, William Brent Bell, from The Orphan, confirms The Orphan 3 is in production. So they're making a third one. Weird. I don't know anything about those films. (laughs) I just saw The Bloody Disgusting put out an article and I thought it was worth it to mention because I know people like that movie. People do.
1: And it's pretty decent. Yeah. It's just one of those weird films where I'm like, where are you going to go with this third movie? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's where I'm at. Because I... There's some weird chronology stuff. You know okay. what I mean? I don't know anything about it. All I know – I know vaguely what it's about. I know. That's why I'm not trying to say anything. But I'm I'm interested of where they're going to put this movie because mm-hmm. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I've been <laughs> – so, I, you know, I've been writing stuff down for the podcast. I downloaded the Bloody Disgusting app mm-hmm. on my phone, and I just, like – at work, I'll just be sitting there. I'll go through and just find articles and be like, oh, this is interesting. Read <laughs> go a through. Bit
1: about it. Do you just read the the header and then no. not read the article? No, I read the article usually oh, okay. or parts
0: of it. I try not to read too much because I don't want spoilers for movies. But when it's stuff like that's where I got all my like everything I'm pulling, I'm just like, oh, OK, that's a
1: cool thing. I'll talk about that on the podcast. Yeah, I, they're they're a cool news company. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. People. All things considered. That's everything I have today. OK, well, then we can get into our actual like. The podcast part of the podcast? Podcast part of the podcast. It's a fresh board. We got all the spots, all the categories. I think we're just going to do a quick category rundown. Mm -hmm. They're much more simple than last year.
0: Yeah, there's no really hard explanation on this one.
1: Last year, last season. First category is Catholicism. (laughs) Go figure. It's very specifically movies that are religious horror movies Mm -hmm. and specifically like Christian religious horror movies. Uh, but I tried to find things that at least have some Catholic leaning because I thought that would be at least slightly more interesting to be more specific. We could
0: finally watch Night of the Demons
1: 3. No. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that's that. Our random this season was Universal Monsters. Another suggestion for me. Yeah, Ben really, I do catch a dubs with his fucking picks. No, I'm not. Uh (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) What do you mean? This is like the worst torture there is. I put the one category I wanted from the random in like season one. And I've but gotten everything else but that ben, one. I swear to god we haven't gotten a single one of my randoms. I know. This is the torture me and not the torture you. I just wanna get cannibals. I don't want it. It's right there. So yeah, Universal Monster movies. That should be a lot of fun when we get to that. And then Bob did Witches. Yeah. 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 Do you know what category you're picking?
0: Yeah. I text, I text Ben this. I think it's funny. I was like, man, I really don't want to. I don't know if I want to start with Universal Monsters because, like I said, that's the category I have the most hope for. But I don't know if it's a good way to start the season. Witches is the one where I'm kind of, I kind of just threw it out there.
1: More like bitches. F- Am I right? I'm terrified
0: <laughs> of that category. I kind of just
1: threw it out there because we haven't watched any witch centric horror films on the podcast. Let me say, kind of a hard category to choose for. Really, not. Because there wasn't a bunch of, like, witch films, but it's because, like, what do I want to qualify as a witch movie? Mm, okay. Like, how much witch involvement makes this a witch film? Okay.
0: Interesting. I hadn't really thought about that.
1: Um, we weren't very specific about it. No, I, just I mean, I, I just, like, it. you know, witches. I don't know. I tried, but I was like,
0: eh. But that's one of those, like, classic horror movie things where, like, I was it's like, how trope. have we not watched a movie about witches yet?
1: We had a hag.
0: We had a hag in Pumpkinhead. We hadn't seen anything like that. And I went, that's a like creature monster thing that could be cool to do a whole category on. So I picked it. And I, I don't really want to start there. So I guess I'm going to go with Catholicism. Woo! Starting off the season with a little bit of God, I guess. And I don't know what spot. To, I have all three. What's yeah. in spot two, Ben? What in are we watching in two? spot two? Yeah, what's
1: Catholic spot two? Uh, We will be watching The Borderlands, oh, uh, which is also known as Final Prayer.
0: Oh, okay. I
1: I gave you both names now because this is a British film. Oh, it's from the UK. Cool. The British name is The Borderlands. The American name is Final Prayer. Okay. So, if you're in the States, search Final Prayer. More stuff will come up. Mm. You get how it is. It's a 2013 film. Okay. Description. A team from the Vatican investigates a remote church. Sick.
0: God damn it.
1: Length. It's an hour and 29 minutes long. Okay. Box standard movie. It's rated R. Thank God. Uh, IMDb gave it a 5.8 out of 10. That's not bad. Tomato meter, 82%. Fuck yeah. An audience score of 47%. Okay. Doesn't have any wins or nominations. Uh, Notable actors, Gordon Kennedy as Brother Deacon. He played Little John from Robin Hood. Uh, he was on 38 episodes between 2006 and 2009. Robin Hill as Gray Parker. He was Stewart in Kill List. He also did editing on that film. Aiden McArdle as Father Mark Amidon. Uh, he played Slannon in Ella Enchanted, the movie. Did see. It. Patrick Godfrey as Father Calvino. He played Morel in *The Count of Monte Cristo*, the 2002 version. I also didn't see that. Good book, good musical too. Mm. Some of those songs slap. Sorry, I'm a I'm a fan of *The Count of Monte Cristo*, both the the book and the movie and the and the musical. Yeah, Luke Neal as Father Krellick. Uh He played Canto Cop in *Star Wars* Episode Eight, *The Last Jedi*. That was a bad one. <laughs> yes, it was. It was a bad movie. <laughs> The writer director is Elliot Goldner. He did the Lake Erie murders. He directed five episodes for between twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Couldn't find anything on the budget or the box office. Huh. And there is a working title which was The Devil Lies Beneath.
0: Oh god. Yeah.
1: Tagline. Evil has a new form. What does that mean? Ooh. Can I can I be honest? Yeah. Before we move on, if- Oh, can I mention slang? Because I didn't write this down anywhere in my notes, but I, I feel like I should tell you Okay. so you don't get mad. Okay. This is a found footage film.
0: Fuck!
1: All right, what were you going to be honest about?
0: Okay, now now you just made it worse. Why? You just made what I was about to say much worse. <laughs> <gasps> I'm scared.
1: Why? Like, I haven't
0: been scared in months, Ben. This Why? movie scares me. First of all, found footage, the last movie that really terrified me, and you're going to call me a bitch for this one, uh, The Taking of Deborah Logan, that movie scared the piss out of me. Mm-hmm. And that was also, like, found footage, horror, c- c- Catholic exorcism thing. And I'm very scared. I'm just putting that out there. I'm very scared of this film already. We haven't even begun. I just wanted to put that out there. Now you can continue with what you have to say.
1: That's all I have to say. Nothing? No facts? Yeah, no facts. I have some post-movie stuff I want to okay. mention, but it's not actual facts. It's just points I want to bring How small
0: up. was this film, like, production-wise? Because I'm curious, because you didn't have anything on the box office or nothing?
1: No, I think it was fairly small.
0: Okay. I was just curious. Um,
1: yeah, I, it's fairly small. It's a it's a fun movie. Like, I'm excited for it. I will say it was a bit of a stretch for me to put this under Catholicism. But I was the like. the Vatican. But I was like, ah, oh, the Vatican. Yeah. I can, I can do it. Yeah, totally
0: fine. I um, think
1: you've done well. I've not seen the I film. Think it's a loose connection. But I was like, I want to watch this film on the board. So I'm putting it on here. What does that tell you, Bob? What does that tell you? Oh. <laughs> Does it tell you it might be scary? <laughs> Does I, it tell you I, I saw the film and went, oh, Bob's going to shit his pants? Because it
0: should. Man, I can't <laughs> handle it. I'm too, I'm too weak. I'm too weak. I can't do it anymore.
1: Oh. That's, that's exactly what happened. Fuck. <laughs> okay. All right. You ready? No. All right. We're, we're going to go watch the movie. Hopefully we'll be back.
0: I don't think I'll make it through the movie. I'll oh. see you guys on the other <laughs> side.
1: Hopefully Bob won't be crying.
0: Hi everybody.
1: Hello. Welcome back. We <laughs> oh just finished watching
0: Final Prayer.
1: Don't sound too excited. Bob, that was the s- the most scared I've seen you.
0: No, it's not the most scared in I've a been. long time. In a long time for sure. Yeah, no. I knew I was going to be terrified of this film.
1: I don't know. There was some, some loud screams.
0: This, the only th- time I've been more scared was when we watched Wreck for the first time. That's fair. That movie actually had me fucking shaking. That's This fair. movie is scary. Do you like it, though? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I say that because, first of all, Did I was you, terrified. Right. Did that Was it Did you think enjoyable?
1: it was an enjoyable film? If You've, you want to scared okay well that's good we're on a horror podcast yeah all right before we talk anymore i guess let me get into a brief description and then we can talk about some stuff in our regular section i think we're gonna have a spoiler section to talk about the end half of this movie so it's a pretty simple premise in fact I i think i did a decent job covering it in my description of the film it's about these three guys there's mark deacon peter right
0: Nope, his name is Gray. I don't know where you got Peter from.
1: What's his last name? Parker, that's why. Right? <laughs> I <Yeah>. think so. <laughs> yeah, it's Gray. Um, Good
0: old Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Give me pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> so yeah, Gray, Deacon, and Mark. And they're a part of, I don't know, like a miracle debunking thing. Yeah. Led by the Catholic Church. So assumedly the Vatican sends them out to different places where... Uh, a priest has reported a miracle, and they're supposed to check it out so, like, a higher-up can be sent there mm-hmm. to be like, oh, this is an actual miracle. This is just a so we don't need to send out, like, a bishop or something. Anyways, long story short, they're sent out to this small little town in the middle of nowhere like England. And in the middle of, like, nowhere... Like some ways out from this town, there's like a very old church. Mm-hmm. When they say it was from like the six 1206. 1206, yeah. It built. And it's been closed since the 1800s. And recently, a priest, Father Krellick, Krellick who throughout the film Bob was calling Cricket because he's just a he red... He looks
0: like Rickety Cricket.
1: He's just a redheaded priest. uh, Rickety Cricket. No, he
0: looks like Rickety Cricket Benjamin.
1: A character from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But Father Krellick is just like renovated and reopened it and he was having a ceremony there i think he was baptizing a kid it was a christening yes but i wasn't gonna mention that but since we have he was having a christening there oh. and during the ceremony some spooky things happened so yeah they're there to investigate they brought all this um camera equipment and stuff because they are supposed to document everything to make sure there's no gaps in time and anything uh, but that that's the premise for the film and i highly recommend you go watch it now Before we talk about anything. Because, fair warning, this is kind of a nothing movie. Yeah. In the sense that it's very atmospheric, but conceptually not a lot happens. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the fun of the film is the experience of watching it and experiencing it. So if we spoil things, I don't think there will be as much of an impact. Yeah. Definitely still a fun film to watch, like on rewatch, but Mm -hmm. highly recommend you go into it as unspoiled as possible. That being said, we're going to have a basic discussion of it right now before we go into heavy spoilers. Right off the bat, though, is there anything you want to talk about? Yeah,
0: so you guys didn't see this. I kind of freaked out when Ben was giving a description of the movie. Uh, You know what I just realized? What? This is just the Reaping, but about 50 billion times better. It's the
1: exact same premise. Kind of, right? But... Actually good, but actually good and not in a swamp.
0: Not in a swamp and not garbage.
1: And I think that's a good transition into. I love the setting for this film. No, it's fucking sick. Just the middle of the English countryside. Everything feels like there's a weight of history there. Yeah. I mean the roads. I don't know if you were paying attention to those. Are they're all
0: gravel? In one way, they weren't like one lane. You know,
1: like always gravel. But yeah, they were one lane, and a lot of them had like just paving where wagon tires would have been, and yeah. then there was the, the middle center path that was uh, grass and everything. Old houses are aroundabouts, Like, yeah. it's all cottages and stuff. I mean, I mean, they
0: make a point to be like, yeah, there's no Wi-Fi out here.
1: Yeah. Hell, even the church. That's a real church, yeah. obviously. Old I'm,
0: as balls. I'm
1: not sure where it is, but assumedly it was probably an abandoned church that they were using mm-hmm. for the film. But it, it's really cool, and I think it adds a lot to the atmosphere of this film. Yeah. There are some great sweeping shots of just, like, the English countryside, there's a fog rolling in. God, the fog. It's it's absolutely beautiful, and it's, it does so much for the creepy aesthetic of this film. Yeah. Because I think that was the main thing that got Bob going most of the time. Like I, I went into this film knowing it was going to scare Bob, but there were specific parts of this film that I knew were going to scare Bob, and yet... The vast majority of it had him on edge the whole time. because
0: this film is 90 percent atmosphere, and the atmosphere is fucking
1: spooky. I know, but I was surprised because I was sitting here like, "Oh, I'm having an okay time." And Bob was like, "Oh my God,
0: It's awful. Like in the it, it's awful. It's like I, I really don't get scared by like monster movies so much anymore or like slasher movies, but paranormal shit like this with good atmosphere. Fucking terrifies me. Yeah. And that's this is that's this entire film. It's the whole movie.
1: Now you can tell me if I'm wrong, but my understanding of it is the thing that was really getting you is the film throughout has a bunch of these like long shots. Yes. Where they'd hold out on like an empty room or something. Yeah. And nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. But the camera would just be focused and you'd be looking for something the whole time. Yeah. Like, like
0: I'm I'm anticipating being jump scared and they do it so well like they do it so many times that it's like oh i'm not gonna get jumped, but then you lose like it, there's just so much tension made by these long holds on open rooms yeah that when you finally get the release of like an actual jump scare it's fucking i shit my pants
1: i i don't think i necessarily had that tension to the same level you did but they are definitely atmospheric takes the one that really stands out for me is they would Usually have these long takes at the church mm-hmm. because part of the motif again is they have cameras set up everywhere so they can record all the happenstance around. So eventually, assumedly, the recordings can get beamed back yeah, to, the, to Vatican. the Vatican so they can look at them. I'm not sure. This is an aside right now. I'm not sure how they're doing the recordings, but assumedly, they're being recorded and then sent somewhere. I think they're being recorded, then dumped,
0: and then sent after. Would yeah, be my assumption.
1: Like I just meant they're. I think they're being like um, wirelessly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sent and recorded somewhere because they all have headsets on. Yeah,
0: and at some point – at one point, Gray puts down a thing and says, yeah, this will, like, keep the signal going.
1: Yeah, I think the headsets aren't – they're sending to somewhere else. Anyways, talking about long takes, right? They have a bunch of cameras set up around the place and at the church. So these cameras are going all night at the church. And one of the long takes they do a lot is there's one in the center, like, room of the chapel. And I think it's a really cool long take because while it didn't like spook me as much as Bob, obviously, it's weirdly almost focused on this crucifix. Yeah. And I think it's such a cool scene because, you know, I've seen a bunch of paranormal movies at this point and you expect something to happen. Something, with that literally anything. Crucifix because it stands out because it's white. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these um, scenes happen at night and nothing happens with it. And it's such a little like.
0: It's it's the la- it's the exact same reason that. Oh, my God. What did that what is that movie that came out? That was on Shutter that everyone like either was terrified by or like hated because like nothing happened. Was that Skinamarink? Skinamarink? That movie scared the piss out of me, but nothing happens. Nothing yeah. happens. Like the whole like it's it's so good at atmosphere and making things scary that the lack of jump scares or anything actually happening is terrifying because then you're left with this feeling of dread of like oh my god when is when is something going to happen yeah. I don't know. It's awful.
1: Fair enough. And I just wanted to say, I think they did a good job framing shots no, yeah. to help with that.
0: They do tons of really good jobs framing things in ways where you're expecting something to come from a certain direction, but it doesn't. Yeah. And it, it's scary.
1: Now, all of that's not to say there isn't jump scares. No, I I definitely shit my pants Sometimes times. definitely has jump scares. And I, I think I've said this before, but jump scares are tools, right? Yeah. And... You know, there's there is a such thing as using too many of them, and mm-hmm. there's definitely a case of using them poorly. Now, I gotta say, this film uses a lot more than I'd normally expect. Yeah, and a lot more than I'd normally like, but they are shockingly used well. They're good. Like they're really good. They somehow managed to build up tension right before all these jump scares because there's mm-hmm. a good amount of them, and they got Bob. I think every single time. Yeah. In fact, the film does such a good job building tension that there's a uh, a stylistic choice of having every time there's a cut there's a little like camera glitch sound. God. And I swear the first 20 minutes of this film before anything like creepy starts happening, Bob gets jump scared every time we switch like camera angle. Yep. And that's not getting even to the actual jump scares. No. The first one that happened scared Bob so bad. <laughs> he I was afraid you knocked out the recording because you hit the table where, like, our uh, mixers (laughs) on. Where the mixer sits, yeah. Yeah. Point being, lots of jump scares. Almost egregiously too much, but they somehow work.
0: I think it's because of the atmosphere. Like, honestly, that's really the big thing is the atmosphere allows for all these jump scares because even though you just got the shit scared out of you and, like, there should be this giant release of tension, you're immediately put back into the mix like it's immediate it's like oh i'm back in the atmosphere i'm back being scared and like it's slow but fast all at the same time like there's so much it's like i'm trying to think i was please it's like you you're like a, a steam tank and every single jump scare just gets out a little bit only a little bit but it's not enough to like it's enough to keep you from exploding but
1: it's not too much i don't know you seem like you exploded a little bit well you know uh, yeah, it's you're right. It was just shocking how well they worked because normally oh, yeah. some of them felt cheap, and I was like, "Well, this, this actually worked, yeah, did actually work, though." Yeah, no, I mean, good I, atmosphere.
0: I don't. I'm not complaining about the jump scares because they weren't like awful.
1: All that being said, I think the biggest thing I loved about this film, just like overall, is how good it does for making a location scary. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would go to the point of saying, if you want to watch a film. That does a good job of tackling like scary location, not like ghost or anything, but like the location itself mm-hmm. is horrifying. The environment is this terrifying. Film does that amazingly well. You know, right off the bat, the most obvious tool at their disposal is sounds. Yeah, most of the horror from the environment is not anything like happening. It's just creaking or groaning, mm-hmm. or most horrifyingly, babies wailing. Oh my god. And juggling the characters being confused by it and I thought it had a great effect on making this place like scary the church building that they're investigating and they do do more stuff than that. you know there's some like opening doors and stuff like that mm-hmm. but it's all framed in a way that it's believably not supernatural
0: yeah I mean it, I, I think that's kind of important because like the whole point of the film really is like it's an investigation on into whether a miracle actually occurred. So it's sort of, I guess if they had framed a lot of the stuff in more of a supernatural light in the beginning and stuff, it wouldn't feel like it needs to be an investigation. It would just be like, Oh, this is a paranormal movie. Yeah. But they do a really good job of making the stuff feel like it's like, Oh, it's plausible that a man did that.
1: Yeah. Or it's plausible. This is a natural thing. Like uh, Mm -hmm. the stuff where, you know, we hear some groaning and that makes the building scary, but then we see some like doors open or close or some stuff fall and it could totally be, like, an earthquake or just yeah. an incline. Um, but I, I definitely think that builds the tension of the environment. It makes it yeah. scarier than if it was just, like... Oh, overtly just, like, oh, it's a demon. Yeah, It's ghost. Like, it's, like, just a ghost. Got it's like ugh, chucked across the frame immediately. Yeah. So I thought that was a lot of fun, honestly. No, I think so, too. I think the only thing that's, like, super overt as far as, like, oh, this is supernatural, is there's a couple, like, blatantly, blatantly supernatural things going on. Throughout the film. Yeah. And it's very interesting because they kind of ruin the whole investigation thing going Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Because, to be honest, for the majority of this film, it's very up in the air whether or not there's something actually supernatural going on. Mm -hmm. Except for these little blips. But at the same time, what's so cool about these little things, these blatantly supernatural moments throughout the film, is that they're very blink and you miss them. Yeah. I think that was a cool addition. They get more and more common as you go throughout the film and we as an audience go oh, okay this is more supernatural supernatural than it is. yeah but there's one really really early on that me and Bob both caught and i remember we watched and you were like that was a little blatant but it was definitely one of those things it's- where you could have not noticed it at all oh for sure no cuz like we are you know we're not professional reviewers or anything but we're specifically reviewing this movie mm-hmm. so we're paying attention in i think ways people don't normally yeah i could definitely see if i wasn't like watching this on the podcast i would have missed something mm-hmm. like this but uh there's a scene and gray is walking around the back of the church there's some like gravestones and stuff and he's looking at them and in fact he looks at one and he reads it and i think that's a really smart writing decision because it gets
0: me to look at them because i'm yeah the only, yeah
1: exactly why i looked at it. and he stops paying attention to the graves And one of the names on the graves changes, not, like, on screen, but, like, he looks away from it, it changes, he looks away again and looks back, and it's changed back. But it changes to have his name on it. With, like, his birth, with his birthday and his year.
0: Or, like, birthday and the year it is currently. Yeah.
1: That was cool, because it was the first time we've noticed anything supernatural. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, that's fairly early on in the movie.
1: Yeah. The character doesn't notice it, which is a cool little bit. And it... It's such good foreshadowing.
0: And it's also framed in such a way that, like, you could easily miss it. Like, if you're not paying attention really hard, like, you'll just miss that shit. Yeah,
1: but great foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. For, this probably isn't going to end up well for these characters. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but there's other foreshadowing throughout. The big one that stands out for me, and this might not have stood out for you if you're not a big, like, I don't know, folklore kind of guy. But on the church grounds, there's a dog. Yeah, yeah, big Doberman. Oh, black dog. But it's a black dog. Yep. On the sense. church grounds.
0: Oh, my God. He even calls it the Hound of Baskerville. Yeah. Jesus
1: Christ. Which is, you know, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, there's a lot of legend about, like, black dogs around yeah. churchyards. It's a big thing, especially in, like, the UK. It's thought to be, like, a spirit. Yeah. Some might even call it a grim a la Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's usually, like, a, an omen of death. It's kind of used to the same degree in this film where it's like, we see it, mm-hmm. and it's very much implied that it's probably just a stray dog or something. Yeah. And yet it disappears and kind of appears in a place it shouldn't be. Yeah. In a way that's very mysterious.
0: And also, you know, like, I, we haven't talked about this, but, like, the church is, like, fenced off. Like, there's a fence around it. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know how the dog
1: got in there. And, like, the first time we see it, we see it later on in the film very close up, and it, it scares Gray, but... The first time we see it, it's actually in the background, and I pointed it out to Bob because I knew it was there, and I I think it's a very interesting scene. But as they pull up to the church for the first time, we see the dog in the background, this black hound, tearing apart a rabbit. Yeah. Which is, again, maybe not necessarily the first, like, overtly supernatural thing we see. It's not as overt as the gravestone, but it's a, if done, as like, oh, this is a, you know, black dog. It's a super, like, cool metaphor because it's like, Here's a rabbit, you know, usually a symbol of innocence, being torn apart by this dog because yeah. it, it goes on for a couple seconds. It's not like mm-hmm. this dog chasing this rabbit. There's just little stuff like that throughout the film, and I think yeah. it's really cool. There's a ton of little Again, stuff like that. Blink and you miss it. I I don't think you put the dog thing together. No, I
0: didn't think. I just didn't think about it.
1: And then you know, all this nonsense with the church is tied together by the actual town. Yeah, and that's its own cool little thing because. This is a small community, right? And our group of main characters are outsiders, so obviously they're not really accepted there. Yeah, because they're the you know these random city folk coming into this town and disturbing the peace. There's this underlying tension between I, the townsfolk.
0: I think I know why.
1: And you know these people from the Vatican, and it creates a really really interesting undercurrent of this movie. Because I think especially the first time you watch it, there really is this feeling of. Are the townspeople involved? Yes, that's uh, my
0: answer to that question.
1: <laughs> oh, you think so? Yes. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think they are. I think they're just random townsfolk. But it's because of our narrative for this story, they come off as really, really creepy. Even no, though
0: they're just they have to be. There's no fucking way
1: normal people.
0: There's no fucking way, Benjamin.
1: But I, I do think it is this really cool like vibe that goes on because it reminds me a lot of folk horror, Mm-hmm. Because you know, common yeah. trope in folklore is like you have these people they're from the city and they go into this place and they become the other mm-hmm. and you know there's this hostility there and this this film really does surprisingly capture that really no, well no it does really really well i don't think the the people who live in this town know you really don't think so no i don't think so i think they're just normal people and they're I mad because these people of... <sighs> are coming in and i don't even think they're mad at first no they're not they're pretty normal at
0: first actually well, but, but then the
1: the yeah. people start, you know, messing around and then they get angry. The only exception here is there's a couple like kids. They're like late teenagers, maybe early 20s yeah. that are specifically messing with the main trio of characters. But I do think that it's just the kids being kids, like they're purposely being dickheads and I don't think there was anything, I don't know. It was definitely ill-intended, but you know, not maniacal. Very specifically, there is a it's a pretty, I don't know, kind of scary scene early yeah, on. Yeah, it film. scared the
0: shit out of me. I didn't know what was happening. You
1: don't know what's happening. Um, but it's also really messed up. Oh yeah, the kids light a sheep on fire outside of the main character's house. Yeah, that's messed up.
0: It's messed up. It also sounds horrific.
1: Oh, it sounds so bad. Horrible thing to do to an animal. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just. The whole town stuff is kind of cool.
0: But I think including the town being like this this cold force against the main characters adds to the creepy, awful atmosphere of everything else. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it just it makes you feel so isolated.
1: No, I love it. It's, it's great. It's just interesting that, like, that came through because it's not the focus of the film. Yeah. And, in fact, in a lot of ways, it weirdly made the church seem more inviting even though it's horrifying. I don't know about that. Because – especially by the end of the film, the townsfolk are very aggressive. Yeah. And they have been the whole film. I mean, some kids came and lit a sheep, a on, sheep fire on fire outside the main character's house. But compare that to the church where, like, it's creepy, if you haven't picked up on it by now, probably definitely something's wrong with it. Something. But it's, it's not pushing anyone away. Yeah. In fact, it might be inviting them in, some would say.
0: Ugh.
1: On that note, though, I kind of want to talk about the ending of this film. The last like 20-30 minutes. Okay. So do you have anything else to say right in this section or can we move on um, to that? Because that's going to be heavy spoilers.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything we should cover because normally when we come back from the spoiler section we do ratings. We haven't really talked about the fact that this is a found footage film that much. We all know I have problems with found footage films usually. I mean it's a gimmick. Straight it's a up. Gimmick. This film does a really good job with it. Yeah. Because they don't they don't use it to cheap out on stuff. They use it super effectively at creating framing shots and cool narrative points of like swapping between the different people's head cams to give you different angles of the same situation.
1: Yeah, this film did a thing that was probably originally popularized by uh, Paranormal Activity, but it's the idea of we're going to set up some stable cams yeah. in rooms so we can have a lot of more traditional like framing shots rather than like shaky cam Mm kind of head cam stuff and that definitely does help the film look a lot more i don't know professional yeah additionally most of the footage for the film that is like handheld footage you know Mm -hmm. more traditionally what you think of when you think of found footage is done with these head cams and i'm pretty sure how they shot those is they just had someone with a cam with like a Steady cam rig walk yeah. around normally. Oh, really? And recorded normal scenes because it looks very steady. It looks very good, yeah. Now it's framed like someone's looking around, mm-hmm. but it's very, very steady. And I think that was a good way to do it because it, it has a, a different vibe to if someone's holding it. Yeah, and it for just sure. looks a lot more smooth.
0: I guess the, th- the reason I wanted to bring it up is because some films can be detrimented by the fact they're found footage. This movie does a really good job at using it to the fullest of, and I think it might be the best found footage film we've seen. We watched Rec. Fair. that and Re- This and Wreck. Yeah. But Wreck's a very different vibe because Rec is one guy with one camera?
1: No, th- this one was very interesting because there was multiple cameras. And again, I think the story really worked with the found footage, mm-hmm. the whole investigation angle. Yeah. It's one of those things where the cinematography, if we're going back to Rec, the cinematography of Wreck is heavily reliant on the format, mm-hmm. but the story itself is not. Yeah. This film feels like the story itself is heavily reliant yeah, on the Yeah, it doesn't format. feel
0: ham-fisted in there for no
1: reason. Cinematography, Eh, that's not reliant on the story, but yeah. this story is basically built with sound footage in mind,
0: which is cool. I mean, it
1: So it works really well. It feels integral, which I, is nice. It would have been it would have lost a lot, I think, if they shot it as a normal film.
0: Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I think that's it, man.
1: All right. So on that note, we are going to move to the spoiler section. So, Stay with us, or come back in a minute. Hello everybody, this is Future Bob coming at you to let you know that if you do not want
0: any major spoilers for this film, please skip to 53 minutes and 59 seconds. Once again, that's 53 minutes and 59 seconds for no major spoilers about
1: this film. All right, you should have left if you don't want to hear spoilers. And again, I highly recommend you go watch the movie before you listen to this section, because we really are going to be detailing some heavy spoilers for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. And I am specifically going to talk about like the end of this film, which is I'll say this now, one of the most brutal endings I have ever seen in a film. It's fucked up, Ben. <laughs> it's why I chose this film. Uh, in fact, I'll say it right now. This film is the one that inspired the category. Damn. Because I was like I really want to watch this film on the board. I know these last 20 minutes or so will scare the bejesus out of Bob. But I didn't know what to put like that under. Yeah. Because I was like, well, here's the surprise, guys. The last twenty of this move twenty minutes of this movie go underground. Yeah. It's like an underground movie. I was like, I don't want to make this in the underground category. Because then it wouldn't really make sense. Because then it it would have been a spoiler and Bob would have been able oh, to anticipate well, I guess that's it. That's true, yeah. So I was like, let me put it on Catholicism. Then I can cover some cool films. But yeah, the last twenty minutes happen underground. Specifically, what happens is they're about to pack up and go home, the three guys, because the father, who's in charge of the church, father um, Krellick. Krellick, dies very suddenly. He, uh, he kills himself,
0: jumps off the top of the church. Yeah, awesome. it's,
1: it's traumatic. Uh, Yeah. And is a very interesting scene because what has happened, it's, it's very obvious once you've seen the whole movie is the father realizes that the miracle he thinks has happened in this church is not a miracle. No. And instead there's, like, a demon or something in the church. It's gone bad. At least from his perspective. So he's like, oh, I've messed up. And I think at that point he's been ensnared by it. And so that's his wave.
0: He's like, oh, I'm just going to Escaping. Th- yeah.
1: But because of his death, the guy in charge of this whole expedition. Mark. He's the least important of the three characters. Yeah, Mark he, sucks. Gray and Deacon are kind of the emotional heart of this, but Mark is like, we're done. It, it was a hoax. We're yeah. packing up and leaving. The priest, he was
0: doing shady shit. He's dead now. It will stop. I'm leaving.
1: Yeah, which was not good investigative skills, but none. Mark's an interesting character. Anyways, Deacon's mad about packing up because right before the unfortunate death of Father... Krelik. Krelik, yes. Gray and Deacon had seen and heard some stuff that was potentially real. Yeah. Some babies crying when they, there was no speakers and stuff like that. Oh,
0: that makes so much more sense now. God damn it. I hadn't thought about that.
1: And so Deacon gets really annoyed. And so when everyone packs up and goes to sleep, he hikes to the church alone by himself. And while he's there, a bunch of like supernatural stuff happens.
0: Overtly like terrifying supernatural shit. Yeah, because
1: at this point it switches. Like, it's overtly supernatural. And while he's there, he finds a hidden, like, stairwell down assumedly into this church's basement that's hidden behind, like, a bookcase and has been boarded up. And when he sticks his head in, like, the stairwell, he hears Father Creville. Nope. No? Crelic. Crelic, yes. what I said, (laughs) right? Totally. (laughs) Uh, He hears Father Crelic yelling about another dude and his eyes. Which is something we hadn't learned about up to this point in the film. Yeah. Long story short, Deacon is terrified, and he runs back to the cottage, and he calls his friend, or his mentor, Father Cavallone. Close,
0: but I don't remember
1: exactly what it is. Ah, it's it's a good thing I wrote it down. Calvino! Yep,
0: there it is. Uh, He calls his
1: mentor Father Calvino, uh, to basically come and, what, banish the- Entity?
0: It will basically investigate and see what's going on.
1: That's there. Long story short, everything comes to a head. The now four man group, Gray Deacon, Mark, Father Calvino go to the church. Father Calvino tries to hold a essentially an exorcism ritual.
0: Yeah. To get whatever
1: evil nasty spirits in this church out. Because he's he's done his exposition and he's basically explained to us as the audience that the church isn't haunted. There's no demon there or Something like that. The church itself was built on, like, a holy site Mm -hmm. for paganism, like, back in the 1200s. And the land itself is the source of all the supernatural stuff. Yeah. And lo and behold, while Father Calvino's, you know, doing this whole ceremony to banish this presence, everything goes wrong. Yeah. All the lights and cameras, like, start exploding and going out. And... Father Calvino disappears down that stairwell. And while Gray's freaking out, Deacon runs down there after him. And Mark goes down there as well. Mark, who's suffering from like head trauma and stuff. And so the last 20 minutes from there on are specifically Deacon and Gray who are together looking around these caves. And this is kind of when the film gets to its big reveal that there's this whole cave system down beneath this church. And back in the 1800s, The last person, like the last priest who ran the church, had opened an orphanage and was sacrificing children down there. Yeah. And the implication is before even he was down there, like way, way, way back in the day when this was like a site of pagan religion, there was other sacrifices happening Mm -hmm. down here at this location as well. The reasoning is because the land itself is alive. Yeah. A fact that comes to a head at the very end of this movie because... As Grey and Deacon are, like, wandering around through this, like, series of, like, cave tunnels, mm-hmm. one of the things you'll notice, and it's it's a real cool thing to look at on second watch, and if you ever go back and watch this film, it's a really cool thing. When they start down in the caves, they're in these really, really big rooms, and as they keep walking and exploring all these different tunnels, the caves and the rooms they're in get smaller, and yep. smaller. That's why I hated smaller. this part of the movie,
0: because I'm extremely claustrophobic. just gets more and more claustrophobic. And it's fucking terrifying.
1: And you, it's not, like, overt enough that you notice it at first, mm-hmm. because they'll go through a couple rooms where it's specifically smaller and then it gets bigger again. Yeah. But it's a gradual trend. And eventually they end up going through this little area that's dirt, and it's like a little dirt tunnel that you have to crawl through. And as they're crawling down it, the dirt transitions, and there's these red splotches on them mm-hmm. that start to look shiny, and reflective. They get through, and there's this big reveal that they've been walking through, what is assumedly the inside of something, like an Eldritch Lovecraftian okay, monster. So this
0: is now that we're here, now that we now that we've gotten to this point, I think I know what it is.
1: And this tunnel is a digestive tract, and it you didn't catch it. No, I, I saw. I know it, you didn't at the front, it, but at the front it closes. Yeah. Like, I saw
0: it. I I saw it because I saw Mark and I went, "Oh, he's gone." <laughs> yeah,
1: it closes uh, in front of Deacon. We get to see it for a flash where it closes. Like, um, have you ever seen like images of someone's like uh, esophagus or something? Yeah, closing? I don't know how
0: it's. I want to <laughs> not to be gross, but like a butthole,
1: a sphincter. Yeah, yeah, very like
0: natural. Yeah, bio. almost organic.
1: Organic and um, obviously Deacon's like. Back oh, up. Back up. And Grey starts to back up, and it's close there, too. Yeah. And then they start complaining about it being wet while this little digestive tractor in starts filling with stomach acid. And, again, one of the most messed up endings of any horror film because we get to see the stomach acid slowly rain on them. They get melted. And they slowly get digested. The footage starts cutting, assumedly because of damage, but also yeah. the interference from... Um,
0: being inside of a monster
1: being inside a monster being underground so far bad signal because we we talked about it earlier i'm pretty sure they're beaming signal back to a Mm -hmm. laptop at the cottage and so it cuts to the intermittent screaming them at different points of melting Mm -hmm. and the film ends on this um really haunting moment of deacon who has been established throughout the film as being kind of a a skeptic Mm -hmm. because life in his own job is like someone who's supposed to disprove miracles yeah. Is reciting the Lord's Prayer as yeah. he dies, and you can hear Grace screaming. It's a dark, dark ending. Yeah, no, it's fucked up. Very good. I like it. No, it's it. good. No, it it's was haunting. really good. It's fucking brutal. Um, but yeah, I, j- I just wanted to bring all that up, because this whole reveal that the land itself is alive... So? ...is
0: wild. I have I have a theory. Okay. We haven't talked about this. There is
1: a symbol that we see throughout the film. Yeah, it looks like a circle... With three triangles in the sides of it. in the middle. It. Yeah.
0: Almost like the mouth of a toothed worm or something.
1: Yes, it does kind of look like that.
0: Which is my exact thought of what the hell's in there.
1: So, I don't think there's a toothed worm in there. Specifically, I don't think it's a worm. I, I honestly think the whole, like... Or
0: maybe it's just hungry jaws, because it does yeah. talk about being fed.
1: So, I think you're onto the right thing there, because personally, my interpretation of it is the whole, like land is alive. Well, I, This I guess... church they show us a, a satellite view. It's on a mound. Yeah. Like one of those big uh, artificially built mounds.
0: I guess more my thing is like I, I'm more imagining an entity and less of like the land itself because like there are, are things throughout the film where like the dude who had the church in the 1880s was like I have a new master now. No
1: so the, the entity is the land itself but like it's physical form isn't like a person or yeah. a creature. It's that's how Lovecraftian stuff works, mm. you know? I mean, the whole thing with Lovecraft is it's like... And Cosmic Core in general is... It's unimaginable. It's unimaginable. Yeah. In fact, there's that whole theory that the reason there's so many tentacles is because that's what you imagine it looks like when it's piercing through into our reality. And so, yeah, I, I, my interpretation on it is that the land itself is alive and it has, like, a consciousness and it can come to you in your sleep and stuff. But it's not, like... a physical being outside of that mm-hmm. however some parts of it are very clearly more alive than others yeah and i think you're 100 percent right about the whole mouth thing because i don't know if you caught it but when they're walking down into that tunnel that's very specifically the digestive cra- like tract of this creature we see it for a second, but there's these little things that look like teeth or glass shards yep. poking into the tunnel. Yeah. And they really do kind of look like that symbol. And so my guess is one of the priests for whatever this creature was.
0: This, um, this is the symbol because that's what the hole I throw the babies in looks like.
1: The hole he either threw babies in or my guess is it's from way back in the, the times when it was a pagan site. Yeah, uh, And they would probably lead sacrifices down that mm-hmm. tunnel. And that was the last thing you saw before it closed. Super haunting. To be honest, not a lot happens in this film. The no. first half is just atmospheric. And in fact, could be a little boring. But the See, last, I wasn't bored though. No, you weren't. And if you like atmospheric horror films, it's going to be a lot of fun. And potentially really scary. But you know how some people are with yeah. stuff happening. However, the last 20 minutes of this film are <sighs> so intense. They also b- wrap up a bunch of little plot threads scattered yeah. throughout the rest of the movie. They make a, do a really good job at like there's a bunch giving of, you a ton of
0: information that you think is semi-relevant but not super important and then wrapping it up in a nice bow in the last 20 minutes. Yeah,
1: I mean, 90% of the film is Deacon and Grey just talking like buds. Yeah. Just nonsense, and it all wraps up. I mean, there's this one moment where Gray's just talking about... Yeah, they're kind of drinking at a pub, him and Deacon, and he's talking about how... You know, back in pagan times, they believed in what they saw and with, like what's around them, the mm-hmm. land, the, the land, uh, like the moon, the trees, stuff like that. And he's like, I don't know about you, Deacon, but if there was a fight between what was there and what was never there, in that sense, he's referring to like Christianity, Christianity. God. I know who who I'd choose to win, which yeah. is it harkens back to the whole point of this film, Where it's the land itself that Mm -hmm. was there all along and not the church that ends up winning. Yeah. So, yeah, just cool little wraparound stuff like that. Do you have anything else you want to talk about in this section, though? I don't think so. Before we go back. back.
0: I don't think I do. I think we've covered everything I wanted to talk about.
1: Okay. And then really quick, though, before we go back to what presumably will be the recommendations and stuff. Mm -hmm. You had a question for me before we started this, like, recording session. And the question was, what was the point of the original British name? The Borderlands, right? So there's two interpretations to that name that you could get. Because, to be honest, I think the final prayer makes a lot more sense. It also hits hard with that last scene. With how the last scene is framed, and I can 100% get why they changed it. I can even get the original, like, working title name potentially better than the Borderlands. Because remember, the original uh, working title was The Devil Lies Beneath. That makes sense, too. Right? But I do think the Borderlands was a really good name. Like, I get why it's the British name. It just requires a little bit of foreknowledge Mm. that I don't think necessarily everyone has. But I went ahead and pulled up the definition for Borderlands. Okay. The first one is kind of maybe the, the initial read on it. But a district near a border. It's like the border of a country. But you can kind of think that as being, like, somewhere in the middle of, like, not necessarily nowhere, but away from, like, the heart of a country. Okay, yeah, like the countryside. You could technically read that as the countryside, but I think the reason they chose The Borderlands as the title for this film is the other definition of it, which is an area of overlap between two things.
0: Oh, okay.
1: this film is set at a church but it's built on top of a pagan site. So they're overlapping. So it's an overlap of Christianity and paganism. Mm -hmm. And what we get is horror. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I think that's actually a really, really cool name if you read it that that way. No, yeah. But you have to have an understanding of what borderlands are and not just like, oh, this is the area between two countries, but Mm -hmm. it's an area where things meet. No, that makes sense. Not as great for a general audience, but it's a cool title.
0: No, yeah, I get it.
1: Uh, with that being said, though, we are going to go back to the regular section. So we'll yeah come back in a second. All right. Welcome back if you left. Or thank you for staying if you're still here. <laughs> you know. Uh, I think we're done talking about the film. So we're just going to get into recommendations if you want to go first, Bob.
0: Okay. If you like found footage films, I said this earlier. I think this movie does a really good job with found footage. And I like it as a found footage film. I think it's one of those things where... The film, and I mean, you said this: the found footage part is integral to the film itself, so it doesn't feel cheap or like look like shit for no reason. Yeah, it's used well, it's utilized. I like it in the, I like it in this format. I feel like atmosphere horror movies. This movie's got lots of things. Ninety percent of its atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, the other ten percent is a bunch of little things. Movie is batshit terrifying if you're into atmosphere horror like I am. I, I like this movie. I think it's super fun. If you want a movie about religion. I have liked all the films we've done that center around religion. Well, most of them. I don't want to say all because maybe there's one I'm forgetting. But I've <laughs> done like 100 films at this point. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of movies. I don't remember them all. But like, I think this movie does a very good job at tackling religion in an interesting way without, I guess, bashing it or may, like cheapening it in any way. Yeah. like I I like the take that they go with this one. I like the way they do it. Okay. I it my recommendations.
1: All right. Uh, for me, right off the bat, same one as Bob. Do you like found footage films, I think this is a really good one that, again, doesn't just use the gimmick to save money. It yeah. uses it because the story is written around that trope. And I always think when you have a found footage film that's done that way, it turns out usually really, really well. Yeah. Like, it proves that this is not only an acceptable but, like, a worthwhile uh mm-hmm. genre it's a tool
0: and when you use it well it works <laughs> yeah
1: it works next off the bat uh, just like bob said if you want an atmospheric film again that's one of those things where this is a slow film builds atmosphere it scared the crap out of bob at times but if you don't like slow films it's probably not going to be a great movie for you so that's kind of a goes both ways bob didn't mention this but this is a film from the uk oh yeah it feels innately True. british it is. Um,
0: <laughs> it's very British and it's pretty funny sometimes. The
1: vast majority of the characters feel like they're out of the kitchen sink realism uh, genre of British cinema, which Bob doesn't know what that is. <laughs> you just you just threw some shit at me. I've never heard <laughs> which of. Which is bro. why I didn't mention it in this episode because, unless you uh, are familiar with like British movies and TV and stuff like that, uh, you probably never heard that term before. Yeah, that's news to me. Um, but I. I like British stuff. And I also, like, interact sometimes with, not directly, but I I watch stuff from people who are British and come Mm. from that background and read stuff from people who are British. You'll hear them mention it sometimes. But generally, it's a form of realism that shows, like, just real people.
0: Just some dudes being guys, man.
1: Yeah, because, like, there's nothing more complex to these characters than, like, what's presented to us. No, yeah. Kind of stuff.
0: Gray really just feels like a dude, man. Gray
1: just feels like a guy and is, like, Late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. He eats fish and chips out of a paper sack kind of stuff. Point being, this film feels innately British. So, you're into British cinema. I think this is really good for a horror movie. Especially a found footage one from Britain. And then lastly, if you're looking for a religious horror movie. Although, rather than saying this is a film about religion. Because, like, The Exorcist is more of a film about religion. Sure. I would say this is more a film about belief. Okay. So if you're looking for something that explores that concept, I think this one does it really well. Uh on that note though, Bob, you gotta rate it. Okay. Hear me out. It's a good movie. I like it. I yeah. think it's fun. Not perfect though. Not
0: perfect. And that's where I'm at a weird spot. Because like I said this earlier, this might be the best found footage film we've seen, other oh, than maybe No, you said
1: it was the best and then I went Remember Wreck and you went, Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, there's, you know, there's a couple options. I don't remember what I gave Wreck.
1: I don't think we gave it a 5.
0: I don't think we gave it a score like that in general. I think we were doing a different rating scale Oh, yeah, that was season 1, then. right? Yeah.
1: But I don't think we gave it a 10 either.
0: I don't know what we did. I don't remember. It's been a long time. Season 1
1: doesn't count. <laughs> wow. As far as ratings go. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Well, that's fair. I was about to say, season 1 we watched. Season 2 movie. is
1: a little iffy, too. Season
0: 2 was weird, man. So I, I guess I'm just in a weird spot because I really like the movie. I like the format. I like... Everything I saw, but I don't think I can give it a five. But it's way above bar for found footage Catholic movie. Yeah. Like, oh my god, it's so good. It, just everything about it is incredible. Four, and also it scared me a lot.
1: It scared you so much. And a half. I was surprised. Four and a half. Yeah. No, I have to. I, have to, I think I if you gave not. it less than four and a half, I'd actually be shocked.
0: Yeah. No, this movie's really good. And I th- I think it comes from a place of like... I was just so impressed by the atmosphere that was created in the film. Yeah. And there are so many twists and turns in ways I didn't expect because it's almost a mystery film, which is weird for me to say.
1: They do a great job doing the, is this supernatural, is it not? Even though you go into the film 100% knowing.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is, I know what I'm looking at, but the film makes me doubt myself, which is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, wild. Insane. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It's it's not a perfect film. I'm not sure how you'd make it perfect. I don't I don't know either But I, I think it's one of those things of I like found footage, it's a cool tool when used well, but I don't think it makes necessarily perfect films. Yeah. However, this is a great movie, and I, I think I have to give it a four and a half. It just captures the atmosphere so well. And I we talked about it in a spoiler section, we didn't talk about it in the regular section, so I'm not gonna say too much about it. But the last like twenty minutes of this movie oh. is so amazing. And that's not even getting into the last minute of this film. Mm-hmm. Is that's something that stays with you? Yeah. And so for that alone, I I gotta give it like a four Let's, and a half. Uh, um, <laughs> on that note, though, I will say, as I said before, go into this film unspoiled. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think that's an important thing. Yeah. Uh, don't watch trailers for this. Oh, does it,
0: do the trailers ruin the movie?
1: The trailers don't necessarily ruin the movie, but the trailers do frame this film as specifically the last 20 minutes are what this film is supposed to be. That's stupid. Which not only spoils, it's not necessarily a twist, but how this film ends framed? up. framed And framed. Yeah, God. But it also will like really disappoint you if you're expecting the whole film to be the last 20 minutes. Because it's not that at all. Yeah, because the whole thing's slow and atmospheric in the last 20 minutes. Is... Not, Not so slow in atmospheric. Yeah, I mean it's atmospheric. So thought I should mention that the here. Atmosphere's
0: pretty scary, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought I should mention that here. But yeah, four and a half.
0: It was a lot of fun. No, it's I, really I enjoyed good, it. Man. It's it's so much better than I like. Bob's gonna text me later and be like, "I'm having nightmares." On God, I was thinking about that. <laughs> you you can't see. So I'm sitting across from Ben, across a long table, and the doorway out of my room is to my is. I can see down the hallway. I just shit a brick because my dog walked down the hallway and I thought it was something scary. I'm terrified. (laughs) This movie traumatized me, I think.
1: All right. (sighs) Well, on that note, I think we're going to go to the outtakes. Yeah. We should have some good ones this time.
0: Prepare your eardrums for a lot of screaming.
1: Oh, God, yeah. All right, well, we'll be back in a second.
0: Yeah. See you guys in a minute. Hello everybody, welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Aware of the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Final Prayer so far. I like this film, I think it's absolutely batshit terrifying. But, if you do not want any spoilers from the outtake section, please skip to 1 hour, 8 minutes, and 16 seconds immediately. This first clip is me immediately realizing how scary this movie really is to me. I don't like when it does that. Mostly because it scares me.
1: (laughs) I don't think it should scare you. We've been pretty slow so far. Yeah, but or I'm does like that scare you? you're both. like, where is the thing in this image?
0: Yes, both.
1: That's interesting.
0: This next clip is me making an astute observation and comparison. That's me and you. You're the old man.
1: <laughs> in every situation, I'm the grumpy one. <laughs>
0: This next clip is our reaction to the practical prank that the kids decide to play on our main cast. No way! What the fuck? Is that just a person on fire? Not a person. Is it a cow? Holy shit! This next clip is me getting scared by something comparing Krelik to Cricket and Ben making a dumb joke. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Who even is this? Is it the? Oh, it's Father. He kind of looks like Cricket from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> it's
1: just because he's ginger and a priest.
0: Well, also his name is Father Krillik, so I kind of want to call him Father Cricket.
1: I kind of want to call him Father Krill. <laughs> like
0: the stuff whales eat.
1: Yeah, we'll shrimpy boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. This next clip is me predicting my own downfall I get jump scared by some bullshit. <laughs> ah!
1: <laughs> oh my god. I want you to turn us off. <laughs> That's the biggest scream we've gotten in forever.
0: This next clip is me giving classic horror movie advice but still getting scared. Yo, don't touch that. Yo, yo. Stop touching stuff. I have to move this before I punch it cuz I get scared. I got I got it. Okay. <laughs> It was a fucking dog. It was a dog. This next clip is me making another It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia joke and getting jump scared.
1: Do you like how that Jesus is just looking towards the camera?
0: He's not bloody enough or large enough. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're finally getting to see what's under here. I've been curious the whole time. Oh, is that a chimney? Don't Stop. Oh! (laughs) Fuck me! This next clip is me hitting my limit during the film. No. No, I can't. I can't do this. I cannot do this. I'm... I can't do it. Fuck you. This next clip is Ben asking me a question and me telling him the truth.
1: You on edge yet?
0: <laughs> I've been edging the whole time, Ben.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: This next clip is me getting scared and coping with Scooby Doo. That it was that is not cool.
1: I don't know what that was but it was definitely not cool, whatever it was. Oh, uh, it looked like the father. Okay, well, it can't be him. He's dead. Well, I think that's the point.
0: He's a ghost. What, what, raggy? This next clip is me begging the movie to stop. Oh, it's a Krellick's voice, Deacon. I don't want you to go in there. I'm fucking terrified. Oh. Oh. Like, I, stop, 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 stop. Ah! How many times did I have to ask you to stop? This next clip is me reacting to the movie taking an absolutely insane twist. He's removed the entire bookcase. Is there a door? Hmm. It's a fucking door behind the bookcase. That's some Scooby-Doo ass shit.
1: I wonder where that goes.
0: Oh, not with the thing? No. <laughs> i'm not
1: having this oh where does this door lead oh Oh, is it a creepy tunnel is it does it go down
0: with a skeleton
1: is that a baby or is that a rat stop oh does this tunnel go down underground bob (laughs) shut up
0: This next clip is our reaction to the very end of this film. Oh, my God. That's fucking awful. Surprise. That's fucked up, Ben.
1: Yep. Fuck. Yeah.
0: Hi everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes.
1: Hopefully your eardrums are okay. Yeah, I look I warned them beforehand. The okay. first one was I don't know if it's the first outtake you guys hear, but the first jump scare from Bob
0: I thought I actually fucking perished for a second after I screamed.
1: Well, you went, no, turn it off. Yeah. No, it scared the piss out of me. You startled me because I didn't think you were going to scream that <laughs>
0: loud. At one point, I don't know if this is in the ethics. at one point you, like, coughed, it actually fucking scared the shit out of me. Like, you coughed, and went, <laughs> ah!
1: Awful. <laughs> is that what happened? Yeah! I thought something happened on the screen no! I didn't see. <laughs> you coughed, and I but felt- I But I, I think I, uh... I think I marked it. Hopefully you can hear the cough
0: and then my startle. It's pretty funny.
1: Do we have any announcements, Ben? Sort of. We're doing a New Year's movie? Yeah. Probably. I mean, I don't know. We haven't recorded it yet. So if it doesn't come out on New Year's, we didn't do it. And we just didn't tell you. So sorry (laughs) for lying.
0: As of recording this episode, we plan on doing it.
1: Aside from that, you know, we have new episodes every Friday it's a new season so check that out find us on Spotify Apple podcast wherever you get your podcasts we're also on YouTube which while not the easiest place to watch podcasts on is a nice place to show us some support because we can see your likes and your subscriptions that's always really cool YouTube also has two little handy tools there's a bell button which will notify you whenever we post a new episode like a surprise New Year's episode something like that Um, so that's handy if you don't have, like, notifications set up for Spotify or something like that. Uh, YouTube also has a handy-dandy search button, which lets you search keywords in any of our videos, which will let you search, like, hey, if we've covered a specific movie and yeah. what episode number that is. So you can go, like, find it somewhere easier to watch stuff. YouTube's also really nice because it's one of the two main places you can talk to us at. You can do that in the comment section of a specific video. Or you can go over to Twitter, at BewareTheBoard And, um... Go talk to Bob. Maybe crawl through oh. some hidden passages Ugh. of his secret DMs. Tunnels. Yeah, secret
0: tunnels. Yeah, secret tunnel. Make the avatar reference. Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter at Beware the Board. It's where we post updates about the show, information about the show. Basically, if there's anything you don't know about the show, it goes on our Twitter. Yeah, whine to Bob like you're a little baby. Oh God, that that's far worse. <laughs> <laughs> on Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that Friday's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal so you can watch the movie before we do. So that if you release the episode, you don't get any spoilers and we're being vague about stuff, you kind of know what we're talking about. Then on Fridays or whatever the episode goes live, I always post a link to the episode with maybe a meme. So if you ever miss something, miss an upload, or want to know when something went up, there's always a link there. Last thing, check us out at the Board on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts. We do short form content over on those platforms. So if you're into short form content and like the show, check us out there at Beware the Board on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts. Ben, I
1: think that's it. All right. Well, good start of the season. Yeah, man. Holy shit. Well, I'll see you next time. Yeah, see you next time.